0: hello everyone and welcome to me you us a well-being podcast it's another well-being Wednesday here at consumers energy and I'm your host Bill Creeker today my guest is Linda Hilbert she's the executive director of environment sustainability and laboratory services so Linda if you introduce yourself we'll get the conversation started
1: well good afternoon Bill thanks for having me I'm happy to be here today and I'm looking forward to the conversation. So, as you mentioned, my name is Linda Hilbert. I'm the Executive Director of Environment, Sustainability and Laboratory Services. And I know this is a bit of a mouthful, but it is a fun job and I love what I do. So, a little bit of background on me. I've been with consumers about 14 years. And prior to that, I was with the auto industry for about 15 years. On the personal side, I've been married, to my wonderful husband, Sean, for about 30 years. Uh, we have three kids, uh, two boys and a girl. My older two are adults. They are educated, uh, gainfully employed, and financially independent, which uh, is key and a blessing, as any parent knows of old, that, that has older kids. So uh, I'm excited about that. I do have a son who is 16. Uh, who is a junior in high school, and he definitely keeps me young. Um, well, my daughter's a registered uh, dietitian uh, working for Noom, which is a weight loss app, and my son has a finance degree and he works for Dell Computers. Uh, so we are almost empty nesters, the hubby and I, kind of excited about that. And then speaking of my husband, who I jokingly refer to as my fourth child because taking care of him and his crazy schedule is a job in and of itself, he runs his own company in Hillsdale, Michigan, where he makes motorcycles, drone engines, and firefighting engines, of all things. And I tell you, that whole business is just going crazy right now. So he's just super busy. And then last but not least, I was born and raised in Michigan. Uh, I love Michigan. Uh, we live in the Chelsea area, right outside of Ann Arbor. And we have a cottage on Higgins Lake, where I basically grew up in the summers. So I love everything about water. I'm what you call a lake girl, and I just can't wait because the summer season is just about here, right around the corner, and that's just awesome.
0: So I've got to ask, you said you have a, a, a cottage on Higgins Lake. So I don't know if you're familiar with this uh, discussion or not, but there seems to be some discussion around if if it's north of M57 and on a lake, it's a cottage, and if it's south of M57 and on a lake, it is a uh, a lake house. So where do you fall in that discussion? I'm just curious.
1: That's funny. I'm definitely uh, north of uh, 57 is a cottage, and I think if you go north of um, the uh Mackinac Bridge it's a camp right or 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 so there's even more names for for lake houses and cottages and camps so uh but I'm definitely a cottage cottage
0: girl all right understood and you just threw a new wrinkle into that whole discussion so I I can't <laughs> wait to talk to my friends about that because yeah. um we're still trying to settle if 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 we're going to call it a cottage south of 57 or not so oh uh, th- thanks for making that more complicated yeah. for me I appreciate you're it you're welcome
1: you're <laughs> welcome
0: um, so let's talk a little bit about environmental services and sustainability. So, what exactly does that mean here at Consumers' Energy for you? What kinds of things do you do?
1: Yeah, so the the office does anything anything to do with environmental compliance, environmental strategy, environmental policy. So we do permits for a lot of our major projects. We make sure our operating plants are in compliance with environmental rules. We do remediation where there are spills or contaminants in the soil that we're responsible for. Um, so we do anything environmental. We set policy at the state or federal level, right? We work with our federal and state governmental affairs folks to do that, uh, which makes it really interesting because it's it's good to have boots on the ground and see what's happening and then be able to influence policy at the state and federal level. From a sustainability perspective, it's you know, anything environmental, social, or from a governance perspective, how we run the business, right? So it involves a whole bunch of different people within the company, Um, our corporate giving, our safety office, from a social standpoint, from a governance, we're certainly always talking to our finance organizations. Um, So it's very broad. Um, And what makes us strong as a company is the fact that we, have leveraged that expertise across the company. So I have a team of two people now who basically work hand in hand throughout the company to make sure that we're uh, putting the best story forward. We work with corporate communications to do that, to tell the story of our wins around environmental uh, protection, as well as social efforts in, in and around the community and how we're helping uh, surrounding communities and our employees prosper.
0: All right, it sounds like there's a lot of work there, but very interesting work. Now, one of the reasons that I wanted to talk to you was that recently uh, I was part of a, uh, a problem-solving team, and we started talking about uh, the environment and some terms got thrown around like <laughs> carbon neutral and net zero and, um, you know, I my degree is in public administration, so I am not a scientist. And I'm thinking if I'm not understanding some of this, maybe there's some folks out there who don't understand it either. So could you walk through some of those terms that we use when we talk about the environment so that people understand what we're talking about?
1: Yeah, well, it's a great question, Bill, and you're not alone. I, I actually get that question a lot because, you know, you hear different terms uh, batted around uh, in lots of different places these days around carbon emissions. So when you hear the term carbon neutrality, uh, it is interchangeably used with net carbon. So being carbon neutral means that the amount of carbon you emit from burning fossil fuels to produce electricity or natural gas being burned to heat homes, those emissions get to zero somehow When you say carbon neutral, and that could be either we reduce those emissions ourselves to zero, or if we still have some small amount of carbon being emitted, we're finding an offset somewhere. Like we've either planted a whole group of trees that can actually uptake that carbon, or we have different sorts of offsets. It could be buying landfill gas that... If you actually capture it and use it beneficially, it's no longer being emitted into the air. So that's considered a carbon sink. And so you're basically offsetting the emissions you emit with something that takes those emissions up so that you're carbon zero, net zero, or
0: carbon neutral. So this, this is a, an interesting distinction because I think sometimes when people hear this, they think that we, uh, it's on paper, right? We do X to offset Y. But the truth is, when we plant those trees, when we talk about offset, that's actually removing that from from our air, right? When we talk about yep. capturing gas from uh, a landfill and using it responsibly, we're actually removing that from... From our atmosphere. Uh, So it's not just a, we're going to be zero on paper. It's these things actually do offset those, not just a a mathematical offset, if I'm hearing this right.
1: Yep, that's absolutely correct, right? We want to make sure that what we're doing to reduce the impact of that, let's say, one ton of carbon is literally reducing that one ton of carbon somewhere else so that it is a net zero in the end, right? There, There is no harm to the environment. Now, there's a lot of science going into quantifying those offsets, and are they the same quality, right? And do they match the emission that you have, right? And, and there's going to be a lot more work coming in that space because everyone's talking net zero and is likely to have to depend on offsets to get to net zero until technology uh, develops and we're able to get there with, with some new technology. So there's there's going to be a lot of regulation and, and effort in this space moving
0: forward. So the end goal is really an actual reduction um, through not using as much fossil fuel as an example. But in order to get there right now, we we've got to we've got to do something to offset that is, is is kind of what I'm hearing, right? Because we can't we can't right now provide electricity and gas service to customers without using those technologies that exist.
1: That's correct. That's correct. Right now and in, in the foreseeable future, and that means, you know, 15-20 years, uh, we're still likely to have to require some sort of or have some sort of carbon emissions associated with our generation until that advancement in technology catches up with us. And, you know, from scientific perspective, there's a lot of folks talking about reducing the amount of carbon in the atmosphere even more, right, to counter the impact of climate change. And so they're talking, if we want to get to um, limiting increase in temperatures uh, globally to less than, let's say, 1.5 degrees Celsius, in some cases, we're going to have to develop technology that actually pulls carbon out of the air. Uh, we're not there yet, but there is there are discussions along that line uh, to be able to positively impact the amount of carbon in the atmosphere.
0: Well, and let's talk about that for a minute because we talk about, I, you know, I hear people talk about the increases in temperature and, you know, to my layman's ears, that half a degree or that one degree doesn't really seem I don't know how that would make a difference so can do we have the time for you to explain a little bit about that
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, there is obviously a big debate about climate change and what is really the impact of climate change and whether you believe in climate change or not, as a company, we've come out to say it's real and we want to do our part, right? And as science continues to work itself out and find out what the true impacts are, we want to make sure that when it does in the future, we're on the right side of history, which is why we've taken this position as a company. And so if you look at the impacts of climate change, you know, they vary depending on what part of the globe you're talking about, and they vary depending on what kind of study you're reading, right? But in general, you know the consensus is, and consensus everybody quotes, 97% of the scientists out there agree that we're seeing globally warmer temperatures overall. And there are models that predict it will get warmer. We're also seeing sea level rise, Um, and you know, there's a number of reasons for that, but very simplistically, when you have temperatures rise, you're likely to have more, um, of your, um, your glaciers melt, right? And so that's going to increase the level of the oceans and the sea levels, and that's going to negatively impact people. You, You have hurricanes, you have high tides, all of that. Damages property, and and the other thing is that you're also seeing ocean acidification. The the ocean can actually absorb some carbon, and what that does is change the acidification of the ocean, and that makes it harder for um, uh, the shells of certain shellfish to be formed, and then that impacts the actual whole you know chain uh, food chain in the ocean. And and the other thing you always hear about is uh, coral bleaching, right? and that causes the coral, coral reefs to be more fragile, which in turn you know, affects the food chain. So those are generally the type of, of impacts that you'll hear when you hear people talk about climate change. In Michigan, what we're really likely to see if the models are correct, is an increase in precipitation, mostly more rain and more significant events with rain in them. So what we have to plan for is, you know, let's not put substations in flood zones, right? And let's make sure that we're thinking about more rain in the future. We might have hotter, drier summers as well. But in general, the, the impact in Michigan tends to be more moderate than in other parts of the globe, which is a good thing.
0: Even independent of which side of that discussion you fall on, whether you think there is climate change or not, there are just certain things that we don't want to put in the air because we, we don't want to breathe them in. You know, we don't want to drink them in our water and some of those other things. So um, I think it's just responsible, right, to to not put pollutants out there regardless of which side you fall on. Now, as a company, as you've said, we we believe that climate change is real, and we want to do things to um, prevent that. So the other thing I wanted to ask you is that many times we talk about environmental and sustainability, we use those terms interchangeably. And so is there a distinction or a difference in in what what do they mean independently?
1: So sustainability typically means when you're talking about, you know, we obviously use the phrase here, people, planet, and profit, or ESG, which stands for environmental, which obviously is the planet. Uh, S is social, which is the people, uh, and G is governance, which is prosperity or profit, right? So basically, environment is a subset of a broader sustainability umbrella, right? It's one of the three legs of the stool. So uh, a lot of people do use ESG, sustainability, and environmental sustainability because for a long time the E, of the ESG or the planet, of the people, planet, and profit, has gotten the most attention, because you know people all rally, obviously, around protecting the planet and want to do the right thing. So sometimes they're used interchangeably, interchangeably, but frankly, E is a subset of the broader sustainability category.
0: All right, and that clarifies it for me at least. So I'm, I, I appreciate that. Good. Now, when we th- when we think about this in terms of personal well being you know, an overall well-being, and we look at the the pillars involved in that. So, you know, if we think about, you know, physical, financial, uh, emotional, uh, professional, uh, all those pillars uh, that we have, I can see where this all kind of may tie in together when we talk about people, planet, and prosperity, and we talk about personal well-being, how if if, uh, things aren't working right for the planet, they're definitely going to impact how we're feeling and how we're able to uh, function on a day-to-day basis. So what are your thoughts around that?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, f- for one thing, it's really important for people to realize that when we talk about this clean energy transition, we're not just talking about carbon. The benefit of reducing carbon is, is there's this great ancillary benefit of reducing a lot more pollutants that are known to cause human health problems. So when we reduce our dependence on fossil fuels, which will reduce our carbon footprint, we're gonna reduce pollutants like particulate matter, which causes heart attacks and asthma. We're gonna reduce NOx and SOx, which are sulfur dioxide and nitrous oxides, uh, which cause acid rain, right? Which obviously impact people's health as well as various lakes and streams. And we're going to reduce mercury emissions, which we all know obviously cause health impacts. And so certainly by transitioning to this clean energy, we're going to have a positive impact on people's health. The other thing is I think you, you have a benefit from a mental health perspective because as you help the planet and you're a part of helping the planet, I think in general, it makes people feel good. One of the uh, fun things that we do is is we try to reach out and engage many folks within the company to help us on sustainability initiatives. We have green teams. We have wonderful green teams around the company and around the state that are uh, always happy to engage on ways to reduce waste, save water. And, you know, I just, I, I love to see that. And I think in general, it just really energizes folks and makes them feel good about the efforts that they're doing.
0: I heard you mention green teams. When we were just now talking, what exactly do these green teams do? Because I've heard a lot about them, and I remember we started this a while ago.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've had the green teams. Oh, it's got to be probably six or eight years now. And uh, you know, Jessica Spagnolo from my sustainability team uh, is just done a fantastic job with Bethany Weems uh, standing up the green teams, and they're basically located geographically. Right, and it worked better when we were not, weren't all working from home because of COVID. But these teams would meet, and they would be in a geogra- geographical area like Saginaw or Kalamazoo, or you know one of the northern um, areas. And they look at environmental impacts in their area, and they look for ways to reduce those. Right, it could be reducing waste. It could be recycling efforts. Right, we did we worked with them to do a lot of different recycling efforts. It could be looking at ways to reduce water. Um, We've had a lot of the green teams do community gardens, right? And then, you know, they'll plant various vegetables and then folks can come in and take what they need and, you know, help with weeding weeding the gardens. Uh, We had one green team that built a greenhouse out of uh, reusable plastic water bottles. So they collected all these water bottles and actually Put a greenhouse together which obviously was going to reuse those bottles and provide a benefit to growing the growing season so uh they, they come up with some just some great ideas and they also do community outreach as well which is fantastic
0: one thing i've learned here in 27 years is that if you give people an an idea and let them run with it our our co-workers come up with some pretty uh, incredible ways to uh, reach out and help the folks around them and also help improve our company. So, you know, we're getting close to the end of the podcast. Um, so Linda, is there anything else that you want to share with our audience before we go?
1: Yeah. Well, thanks for asking, Bill. You know, I've been given some thought to this clean energy transition that I know a lot of us heard Garrick talk about recently on on his uh, coworker live calls. And, you know, whether you believe in climate change or not, there are, those ancillary benefits of reducing not just carbon, but other emissions that I talked about that will definitely improve people's health. And, you know, all of this does require new technology. I mentioned that earlier and, you know, some people are skeptical about that and resistant to it. And, you know, I have to go back to when I was in the auto industry and no one thought an electric car would work. You know, the the engineers next to me were definitely not on board with that and they certainly didn't think we'd be able to get emissions down, you know, your cafe emissions down significantly. Well, look where we are now, right? They were wrong. Um, And there are a lot of really cool benefits to electric cars. You know, they accelerate faster, they're quieter, there's no emissions, and you don't have to sit outside in the cold for 10 minutes, you know, filling up your car at a gas station. Um, That technical advancement is making the world a better place, thanks to, you know, some smart engineers and scientists. And I think in 15 to 20 years, we're going to look back on this clean energy transition and say the same thing. You know, the world's a better place. It's certainly a cleaner place. And you might even ask, why didn't we do this earlier?
0: Thanks for taking the time out, Linda, to come on the podcast. I think this goes a long way in explaining a lot of stuff to a lot of people in a very short period of time. So I really do appreciate it.
1: Well, thanks for having me, Bill. It was a blast. I really enjoyed it.
0: And thank you to the audience for tuning in. Remember, you can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. And if you would, just take a few minutes to fill out our survey and let us know how we're doing. That can be found at http colon slash slash dot l y slash m e dash y o u u s. And be sure and tune in every Wednesday as we talk about the things that impact your personal well-being.